So before we start, I'd like to recap our resilience series because this is the sixth and final installment of, I really think, uh, our wonderful series on resilience. So to recap, we've covered resilience through interviews with the father of a seven-year-old boy who was killed back in 1994, but whose death resulted in the organ donations of seven direct people and then amazingly transformed Italy into a awareness of organ donation and more and more people were saved through organ donation. Amazing story, but his real journey through that is just transfixing. So you should listen to that. We then spoke with a gentleman, Pete Radigan, who was the recipient of a heart from a young man, a teenager who was killed in a car accident. And he wrote a wonderful book and someone who was literally dying and received the gift of a heart and his story. It's uh, uh, just amazing. And then Sam Moravati, who was hit by a car going 60, 70 miles an hour, broke virtually almost every bone in his body and his recovery and challenges to this day, but what Sam has done to get to the other side of his tragedy. We then last week spoke with my beautiful wife, Laura, and Christina's mom, Laura Graziano, who took us through her journey of a childhood with her mom who struggled with mental illness and how Laura was able to get through that and move to the other side of her struggles. And she discusses mindfulness, which is amazing, and her techniques for dealing with all of the things that happen to us that are not what we planned. This week, we have the honor of being with Chris Reyna, who is the owner of the Oakley Kitchen and Cocktails in Nutley, New Jersey. And Chris is taking us through his journey, which is a financial journey of success and then loss, and how Chris has dealt with that recovery with COVID and running a business. So we are very happy to uh, be here and to interview Chris Reyna. Welcome to Morning Coffee and Mimosas. I'm Christina. And I'm Joe. We are a father-daughter duo. We come here Sunday mornings, but you can come here anytime you please. We banter about life, about business, and we do it over coffee and mimosas. Good morning. Oh, I was going to race you to the good morning. I know. I saw you. I know. But good I'm morning. I'm younger. I'm quicker. I know you are. You are. So we are, uh, I'm just going to jump right into it because we are thrilled to have Chris Reyna with us. And Chris is the owner of the Oakley restaurant in Nutley, New Jersey. And we're traveling today. And we, we are. That's right. I'm not filming. We're recording from the Oakley Kitchen. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Did I say the restaurant wrong? The, the Oakley. Oakley Kitchen and Cocktails. There you go. Okay, see, I messed up right away, right you out of the bite. missed the most important part, the cocktails. Right. That's correct, exactly. That's the moneymaker. Yeah. It. Yeah, but he has coffee and mimosas, so that's why we were able to do it here. Otherwise, we couldn't have come here. So. He's got the cocktails for the podcast. That's it. <laughs> and coffee. So, uh, Chris, great to have you here. And uh, just a little background. I met Chris maybe two years ago or so. I work locally 
and met Chris at a uh, chamber, Nutley Chamber of Commerce meeting. And then, because uh, I go out to eat a lot, I came here for lunches and some dinners. Gluten-free. Gluten-free, that's correct. Oh, you must have had fun with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. have gluten-free pizza. We have lots of gluten-free stuff. You do. do. You do. Yeah. And I just really liked it. And then, you know, I met Chris and we just kind of chatted. And he's a great, I'm not just saying that, but you're a great guy. And we just hit it off. And uh, so, thank you. But Chris, you have a really interesting background and history, and uh, the restaurant is only one cog in the financial wheel. It's a side hustle. It's a side hustle. (laughs) So why don't you give us a little bit about your background and how you got to own this restaurant? I'll start from the beginning. Yeah. Baltimore bred, went to school at Harvard University, graduate, mechanical engineering. I moved to the city, New York City, after graduation, and um, I, I wanted to be a commercial real estate developer really was my goal. Love design, love building, love the financial side of it, and decided that I wanted to, um, I had like a three-year plan. I wanted to do construction management for a year, learn that side of it, and then commercial real estate finance for a year, learn that side of it, and then work for a developer for a year. And then once I got enough money, I tried to break off and start my own development. Mm I got through the construction management side. I worked for the New York City Parks Department on Shea Stadium and Yankee Stadium. Oh, wow. Overseeing contracts in the city. Did that for a year. Hated the bureaucracy of working for the government. Knew knew from that experience I couldn't work for not just the government, but for a large corporation also because it's also bureaucratic. Mm -hmm. So uh, I realized I needed to to work for a smaller company. My second job in commercial real estate finance was for a small consulting firm doing commercial mortgage-backed securities for big banks like Lehman Brothers and, and First Boston. That business, that industry was was rather new in the mid-90s, so I was able to actually break off and start my own company doing CMBS financing underwriting for the banks and for big investors. Back in 1997, I started my own company. Very successful. We were staffing up, uh, adding an employee every month for the first eight months. Made more money in a month than I had thought I would make in a lifetime. Wow. You know, my, my dad was a produce salesman, 40,000 a year. My mom was a homemaker, so mm-hmm. it didn't take much for me to get by. And, um, you know, I fell into this this industry and was good at it and, uh, and enjoyed it. You know, really, I was working seven days a week, 15 hours a day, traveling the country, seeing property and underwriting properties and, and training people and doing all the things that small business owners do, which is bookkeeping, secretarial work, everything. But I loved it. And I was young and I was in Manhattan. You, you know, you couldn't beat that. And then, so with, with the money I was making, the, the profits, I decided, you know, what did I know? I didn't know the stock market. I didn't know the bond market. So I decided to start investing in commercial real estate, which I did know very well. So I bought my first building in 1998. It was a, an apartment building in Manhattan, Upper West Side. Right before the market really started, you know, everyone knows Manhattan went crazy in the late 90s through the 2000s. I got in just before it really started taking off. So that was a very successful deal. I still own it today, 20-some years later. Talk about timing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's very good. And and from that deal, we started. I had a partner that I started the company with, and she was more on the marketing side, and I was more on the analysis and training and, and overseeing oversight side. But we would do it. We would try to take a deal down every year. We did another deal in Manhattan the next year. We did a mobile home park in upstate New York. We bought. We bought some houses in Pennsylvania along the Delaware River that were rentals uh, on seven acres. We did a couple other things, uh, smaller things here and there. And then the market got really overheated in the early 2000s, and we kind of saw it coming. So we stopped buying stuff from, I would say, like 2000, 
2003 or 2004 until the crash happened in 2009, 2010. Um, we were just, you know, accumulating cash for the crash. And then at that point, I actually bought up my partner from the consulting firm, and I started looking to invest in some commercial real estate that wasn't so management intensive. So I bought a bunch of Dollar Generals mm-hmm. in the Carolinas, and, and those were very successful also. So I was doing really well for 15 plus years. And then I hit my 40s and had my little bucket list of things I wanted to do. And a restaurant, I wanted to be Sammy Malone on Cheers, you know, so <laughs> I was like, you know, and a restaurant deal came up, you know, about and in my town in Nutley, New Jersey, I lived right down the street from it. And uh, I, I basically fell into that deal or this deal I renovated the space with a friend of mine, and then eight months later, the pandemic hits, and you know, the this deal doesn't isn't the deal I thought it was going to be. But we've survived. We're still open and uh, and functioning. Around the same time that I was I was looking at doing the restaurant deal, I also always wanted to do a ground up development deal. In college, that's what I really wanted to do was development deals, and that was probably my my biggest mistake is thinking that I knew more than I knew. I didn't know, the, the problem was I didn't know what I didn't know. You right. know, when you, when you don't know what you don't know, you, you can't figure it out. There's really a hard, it's very hard to figure out. So the development side, I didn't know a lot of like major designers or contractors or even lawyer, development lawyers. And I got in trouble on that deal. So I got this restaurant that's kind of trying to get through the pandemic and I've got this development deal that's going sideways I have my family, I have kids at this point. I have all these other, I have my underwriting company still that's actually making me money. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) My Dollar Generals are making me money. The apartment building was, Manhattan kind of went through some rough, you know, spells during the pandemic with rents. So that wasn't really doing well. I just had too many things hit at one time. And I I got really, in, in July of this past year, I was on vacation with my kids. We do an annual vacation. We're trying to see all 50 states before my oldest is out of college. She's a freshman now. We were in, I think, Minnesota and Iowa and that area trying to knock out those states. And um, I, I couldn't I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't eat. I just, all these negative thoughts started running through my head about these deals. And, and, and when you start, your brain's funny. When, it, when, when you start thinking negatively, there's like a rabbit hole it's created. And you can really, you know, drop down that rabbit hole quickly. And logic goes out the window. You know, your, your, your rationale is not there. And my, my head started thinking, oh, my God, you're going to go bankrupt. You're going to lose everything. You know, you're going to be sleeping on somebody's couch. I mean, it was, it was irrational. But that's where uh, I was. It was irrational, but it wasn't entirely beyond the pale because of the magnitude of these yeah. investments. Yeah. They, they leverage positive, but they leverage negative also. Correct. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like from listening to your story, you didn't grow up with a lot, right? No. But you went to a great school. You obviously are a smart guy, know what you're doing, and have made a lot of really good decisions. And you had probably a longer span than most of just like your timing was spot on. Like you were kind of on fire for a while, it sounds I was, like. You're right. I wasn't used to it. I, I just wasn't used to failure. And, so, and, yeah, and so you're me. so used to like everything that you're doing just hits right. And then all of a sudden this year comes about where – has your luck changed? Did you lose your touch? Like what, 
is it that changed? And well you're said. probably starting to That's, like question everything. <laughs> as my luck changes, it went through my head. I mean, all these things went through my head. What, what's going on? I should maybe just stop doing everything and shut down and just cash out of everything and, and put it in the bank and just live off of that. You, like I said, your mind is very funny. It, it can really take you to some weird places, and it did. Um, I, I had some really great response from my family and friends. I mean, I, I was losing weight. It, I couldn't sleep at night. I just was really in a bad place for probably two months. I, I remember I was here at one point in that lowest period of yours. I didn't know it. I just came in, but you pulled up a chair, and you had gotten through the shutdown and and all that, and you were having trouble. You couldn't get staff. You were having trouble. I remember you were saying customers, you know, if, if they took a half hour to get food, they'd walk out. And you said to me, Joe, you said, I this is worse than the shutdown. Oh, yeah. That you, you had no idea. You figured you, we would come out of the shutdown. This is maybe six months ago or mm -hmm. seven months ago. You, you said this is actually worse because now you couldn't get supplies. Prices skyrocketed. People weren't coming to work. Your other property was sideways and mm -hmm. you didn't know what was going on. I hope you don't mind me sharing that, but you, you literally, like, I, I remember thinking, I'm worried about you. Did you see, I mean, physically, you could Physically, see I could see it. Yeah. You you weren't the same guy that used to come by the table and had, sit and chat. I had no energy. I couldn't, I couldn't even put a smile on my face mm -hmm. if I wanted to. I tried, but I, I just couldn't. Yeah. And I had friends come up and visit me, and, and the first thing they said, you know, they thought I was suicidal. Wow. You know, I never got to that point, but mm -hmm. I can see how people, I never could understand why people would even consider that before, but I can now understand. Your brain just plays it's, games on you. Right. It's scary, huh? It, yeah, it takes you to some places you never thought you'd go, and uh, and that's where I was. And, and it wasn't for a day or two. It was oh, several right. weeks. My daughter, you know, she's a typical teenage daughter with anxiety issues every now and then, and I can never relate to her. But, and I told her, we're on vacation. And I can't sleep, and I'm like Bella. I finally understand the anxiety attacks you go through. I can never understand. I can understand them now. I get it now. Well, that's certainly a benefit, I guess, of not that you ever would have wanted to put yourself in that position or have to be there, but to now have like a new level of empathy for your daughter to kind of say like, okay, I, I can feel what goes on in your head and how my, painful that is. <laughs> my goal in life is to be a whole person. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where the whole bucket list kind of, you know, I wanted to dabble in this and dabble in that and, and, and learn various things that I've always kind of thought maybe I'd be interested in. And you're right. It's the, the silver lining is I can now understand people with mental anguish and, and are, that are going through those issues. I get it now. And it, I get, it, you know, yeah, it's not a matter of snap out of it. Oh, it's not. No. And it, people are really like, oh, it, just snap out of it. Smile. You know, go about you know, yeah. No, no. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah, you can say that all you want, but it, it doesn't feel real to me that I'll be fine. My, my brain is taking me somewhere else. And it wasn't, and, and I think that the best advice I can give when you're in that space is to get a piece of paper and pencil and actually write down the facts because your brain is not dealing with facts at that point. No. It's extrapolating and taking you into places that aren't true. And, mm -hmm. and, and so how do I get out of it? I, I talked to my accountant, actually, um, who I rarely talk to, but, and you're an accountant, right? Yeah. Recovering yeah, accountant. He's, uh, <laughs> he's also, you know, the accountants make some of the best therapists I've found. <laughs> it's serious. I can talk to Joe all day long. So can I. <laughs> that's why we started a podcast. Maybe that's, there's something to that, those CPAs and therapists. <laughs> yeah. Something in common with you guys. But he there basically said, uh, he said, I, I told him, because I needed to figure out what I was going to do financially with some things. And, um, 
and I was telling, and I was telling, I'm, I'm an open book. I was telling everybody I'm going through a rough period right now. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why. And I explained to him what I was going through. And he said, look, when I was younger, I had just started making money as an accountant. And I decided, I think he went to school upstate in New York and he decided to venture into commercial real estate, you know, a little apartment deal. And he said, it was just like what I was going through at that mm-hmm. point. It, it, tenants weren't paying rent. He was going up, you know, four hour drives every weekend or every week to go to tenant landlord court. And he said it was miserable and he was losing money and it was terrible. And he's, he just got, he said, I just got rid of it. I, I saw whoever wanted to buy it, whatever price, I just got rid of it. And it was the best decision I could have made. And he basically, that's the advice he gave me. He said, figure out how to get rid of it. You know, you got to pick something and get rid of it. And that was the development deal that went sideways is the one. The restaurant was already established and done. And it, I think it's just a matter of time before this comes back strong. Mm-hmm. The development deal, I just didn't know what it didn't know. And it, until you've lived in a deal where you don't know how to get out of it, you don't understand that that phrase, but but I, it's very real. I didn't know what next step to make or how to get out of the, the hole I dug. So I ended up, I, I just sold that building, that development deal earlier this month, actually. Congratulations. And thank you. <laughs> I lost a lot of money on it. But you didn't continue to lose. I, I stemmed the bleeding, and I mean, the next day I woke up, a new man. You know, it was... Uh, you know, I put all my weight back on. I can sleep well, at night. I think I met you probably during that dark period, I would imagine, because you looked terrible. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. It was a lot skinnier. Oh, boy. Oh I'm just boy. kidding. <laughs> no, you were a lot skinnier the last time I was here. And yeah. I feel like you just have like a, a whole, um, I don't know, just a, a brightness to yeah. you that you didn't that day. I just couldn't put anything together back then. Yeah. I know. I, uh, I had people, like I said, I had people that hadn't seen me for, friends that hadn't seen me from Baltimore, that hadn't seen me for a year or whatever, and they came to visit, they didn't recognize me, and they thought, like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, do we need to call the hospital on you and, you know, make Have sure. Have an intervention. Yeah, intervention, yeah. 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 It's really, wow. it's it's scary how that happens. And so as you think of, like, I'm, I'm listening to you. You're an entrepreneur. You have ideas. You have this bucket list. And I, I kind of, um, I hear you, and I think of myself because I'm, a futuristic dreamer that you know I have a lot of like really good ideas you seem to have a good execution plan too which I lack in some cases but as I think about what you're saying and what you went through during this period after having such a long span of things just working do you feel like you are going to approach your bucket list and your entrepreneurial pursuits differently now like, do you still feel bold and do you still feel ready to kind of take on that next thing or Such a, the perfect question? It really is. I mean, that, and that's where I am right now. I mean, I'm in that crosshairs of, am I an entrepreneur still? Am, am I, am I willing to take risks or not? And it, it depends day to day. Some days I want to just shut down, you know, just focus on what I have that works. It works well. It's worked for well for 20 years. Why, you know, rock the boat, but there's, that's, that's just not who I am. I know that it, it might be six months from now but I'm going to get back to dabbling in things I'm not an expert in but with lessons learned from this experience. This was a good lesson learning experience and it, co- it was an education. It cost me probably a million dollars, but, but it was, um, yeah, but, but I learned <laughs> that you can't, you know, when I started my stuff and when I, when I was buying deals when I was in my twenties, when I started my company, I was working 15 hours a day, seven days a week and I was researching, I was meeting people and I was networking you know, and um, that's what I didn't do this time. I just, I got cocky. I was full of myself. I thought, oh, 
you'll make it work. You'll figure it out. You'll ask a couple buddies and, and find a GC and you'll, you'll get your, you know, this guy that I know to do the design. None of those people were the right people to do this deal. And a good developer knows that, you know, you need to put together the right team or you, you know, if you put together the wrong designer and or the wrong GC, you're going to have a hard time building something and it could be a shed, but you're going to have a hard time, you know, doing a project. And I just didn't put the, I didn't put the time in. I had, I had so much, so many balls in the air and I thought I could do it all. And I just, I couldn't, I was just full of myself and I've, I've been humbled. I'm much more modest and I know who I am that I'm going to come across a deal in the next two years and say, oh, I got to do that, you know, I, and, right. but I'm going to go into it with eyes wide open this time and, and, you know, put the time in instead of just winging it again. Yeah. Right, right. But it's interesting when you mentioned what your accountant said, because I know in, and in, in my past, I've had failures in business. You, you think you're the only, like, I was embarrassed. Some of the emotions that mm -hmm. you, and I'm put, not putting words in your you're mouth, but. absolutely right. You're embarrassed. You're withholding information from people because you don't want people to know that you know you might you might have to go bankrupt yeah. or something, which I luckily never did. But you question your decisions in life. But you find out when you eventually share that story to certain people that almost everyone correct goes through that unless they have you know gotten a job at a big company and we're fortunate enough to stay working there for 40 years and then retire. Almost every entrepreneur loses their shirt, potentially goes bankrupt or has and recovers. And I, I'm blown away by that. If you talk to so many people, it's impossible to go 20 for 20, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like investing in the stock market. Yeah. You, you, if you say, okay, I, I came up, I made 15%. Great. You know, the, uh, the, bank is paying, you know, 0.1% and I was able to do 10% or 5%, but you might've made 30%, 40% on one investment and lost 50% on another and then, and up. And that's what, except that you're doing it with your life and you're facing that I might have to sell my house or foreclose. Yeah. So and, the stakes are bigger. And, and, you, and you think back on, I worked so hard for 20 years and one year might just take out all my hard work for 20 years. All of it, all but, the money you have, everything. That's the everything. part that's not true. Right. Unless, I mean, the, no. the deal, I wasn't stupid enough to try to do a development deal of $20 million. It was a deal that I, when I was going into it, I said, if I lose this money, I'll still be okay. Correct. What I didn't realize about it, because I didn't know what I didn't know is, yeah, the first nut that I put in to buy the property, I could lose and be okay. But... I started doing construction. I had already spent a million dollars, right. you know, of construction, and I, thinking that it was, a, you know, accretive, and it would, you know, yeah. the money I spent, I would get back on a sale. But that wasn't true at all. And when you sell a development deal halfway done, you don't get any credit for what no, you no, did. No, no, nobody says, <laughs> no. uh, oh, great, great foundation. Yeah. Uh, that, that's nice. No, <laughs> especially if they're going to wipe it all out and, and start. <laughs> they over. want to do something different. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So that was a big mistake I made. But that's where I, I kind of stopped construction. I could have spent another two hundred. There was a at, there was a time where I was like, well, if I spend another two hundred thousand dollars, I can get it all weatherproof and, and it'll be worth more. But then I was like, I don't know that because I'm not a developer, mm -hmm. and so let me just cut it right now, put it on the market, get rid of it, and you know I'll still be fine. You know that's when I sat down with the paper and pencil and said, well, what do I still have? What's still cash flowing? How much is my income still? Okay, you know it took me. A, it wasn't. It didn't happen the first night. I was still in that rabbit hole. And you just refuse to like, you know, to uh, to sit down and do that analysis. 
But eventually I did. You come out of the rabbit hole and, and you start thinking rationally again. And when I started doing that is when, you know, I started realizing, okay, it's not as dire as I thought it was. I'll be fine. Right. My kids will be fine. So, you know, we've talked, Christine and I, in our other interviews have spoken about this whole thing about resilience. You know, you don't, you don't have a tragedy or, or a setback or uh, a financial disaster, you know, happen. You're not resilient out of the, you know, out of the box. And actually you talked about how your health was suffering, your relationships, and, and you weren't clear what was the trigger in your mind that made you talk to the accountant or finally made you say, I have to, I have got to do something. I'm wallowing in this. Yeah. You know? I, I think that was it. I mean, I, I, I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's when, um, anyone that has had that issue that you can't sleep, oh. it's a bad place to be. It is. It's a really bad place to be. So when I was able to, you know, finally, get a good night worth of sleep and my brain was functioning normally again, I, I started thinking rationally. And But there would be several days where I didn't sleep for three or four days. And I, and then your mind... Well, that makes so, it worse. And so. how do you... Yeah. yeah. How do you now... Because I would imagine, you know, you're, you're still going through. You have this restaurant, right? And you have high hopes for it. And I mean, I know from being here that it's going to be a huge success because the crab cakes are bomb and (laughs) it's just got a lot to offer. But as you think about what you have going on right now, so obviously you sold that, that property, that investment, and that was a weight lifted, but there's gotta be days where you start to feel yourself kind of going back. Absolutely. So how do you kind of keep yourself moving forward? Is it the lessons learned that you keep reminding yourself of, or how do you kind of recognize when the triggers are coming work work helps a lot going back to your question you asked mm-hmm. when i was on vacation i really felt helpless because i was on vacation i you had, weren't here i wasn't here yeah. we talked about that too yeah um i just remember that but that was like the worst period when i was in a hotel and i couldn't access my files i couldn't you know i couldn't see things i couldn't work on things when i got that first day when i got back from vacation got to the office was the best that's the day i slept that was my first night of sleeping Numbers started falling in place a little bit more. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's bad, but it's not epically bad. You know, it's not, right. it's not the end of me. Yeah. And that's how, I think that's how I kind of started coming out of it. And, I, you know, it, my office is in Manhattan, so I would only go in once a week. But that one day a week when I would go in was my best day of the week coming out. Right. I would just feel like so accomplished and, okay, I, I made some progress here. I, and, and every week I would go in and do, you know, make the progress and get closer to figuring it out. Until eventually, got to the point where you know what, just sell it. Here's the price; it'll all work out. If you can get this, you'll be fine. And the restaurant, and what drags me back down still is the restaurant. As far as you know, some weeks it looks like it's coming out, and some weeks it's like right back into pure pandemic crap. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's uh you know it's bleeding money again. But uh, what gets me out of the of that rut recently is just coming to the restaurant and working on the restaurant. And and it's first of all, it's fun. Well, and you seem to have a passion for it. Like you it's, created, yeah. so why did you create this place? I created a place that I would want to go to. You know, I, I didn't want to just a generic restaurant. This place, the size of it, the layout of it, and the history of it lends itself to what I like. I like old school kind of wood paneling and, uh, you know, mixing materials, granite and, and wood and metal and stone. And, and, that's what we, and that was already here to an extent, and we just kind of polished it up a little bit. I, I always wanted to do, if I was going to do a restaurant, I would do live music. I want to do a more of an entertaining place. I wanted good food and good booze, but I wanted 
to be able to entertain people also. So we do comedy once a month. It doesn't, this stuff doesn't necessarily make me money. It's just something that I do because it's the kind of place I want to own and it's the kind of place I want to go to. So we do live music every week. I got your dad playing yeah, guitar, yeah. Mm-hmm. singing a little bit. Um, uh, you should hope he does not sing. <laughs> yeah, Thank God Frank sang. <laughs> don't, don't put a mic in front of him. No one will come back. <laughs> we've had some really good musicians here. We've, uh, we've had big bands, solo artists. Um, we've had some great comedy shows. You know, we, we do various, we, we're doing trivia right now. We do, every Wednesday, we do karaoke on Thursday. I get up there and sing a little bit. Ooh, nice. Thursday karaoke. I found my new song. What really? is it? Silent Lucidity. Remember by Queensryche? I was in high school. No, you want to sing a little bit for Silent, us right now? Silent Lucidity. <laughs> <laughs> um, karaoke is my like secret. You got to come. Well, it's not really a secret. I just, I love karaoke. I think I, I wish I was born with a voice so that I, because I think I'd be a great performer too. Well, I was here one night uh, when uh, the karaoke guy was getting set up. It's professional. Oh, it's good. It's a good deal. Oh, I'm it's, excited yeah, for it's this. It's professional. And the reason why that's my song, I found that that's my only key I can actually sing in. Like that, oh, really? everything yeah. below that or above that, I can't hit at all. Yeah. But, well, but, that's why in the band I do a little background. Yeah. But it, it's one. Just one. It's note. a tiny <laughs> sliver of. I think you basically did. I've seen you go like ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and if you see me actually doing <laughs> words, I'm not actually singing. The mic I'm just is looking. Off. I'm just making myself look like I do it. Yeah, I got you. That's awesome. But it's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, but I mean, this place is definitely like a creation of passion. And I yeah. feel like when I walked in here, I came for the first time because my dad's band, Till We Can't, was playing. And I walked in and I was like, this place is cool. Like it has a super good vibe. I think what you were talking about, all like the mixed media and it's just, it just works. It's like kind mm-hmm. of, you just don't feel like there's not enough. This is something I've always said. We live in Wayne, New Jersey and in Wayne, there are a ton of chains and a lot of one-off re- like Italian restaurants. A lot of them here too. A lot of, t- so that's one thing Same I wouldn't thing for do. Nutley. I, I Lots like, of Italian restaurants. We're not doing any Italian dishes because there's so many options here. I don't want right. to compete with that. Yeah, you're yeah. competing with, yeah. with established. Uh, but here's the know. thing though. It's, you know, that's your only option. And I, when I walked in here, I was like, this place is super cool. Like it's got a good vibe, the live music, but the, the menu food items, is delicious and so del- unique. It's unique. That's what I was going to say. It's yes, you can get a hamburger here, but that hamburger is not what you get elsewhere, but the menu items are unique yep. and different. That's what we wanted to do. Yeah. Because I live here and, you know, yeah. and, and when me and my kids were like, oh, let's, where are we going to go tonight to eat? It's Italian, 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 Italian. I was like, yeah, I want to create a place that isn't Italian. Mm-hmm. I love Italian food as so much as oh, the yeah, best person. Right. I mean, but, you know, I want a little variety and an right. option of, of mm-hmm. going right. somewhere and taking my kids and listening to some live music maybe while we're eating. Uh-huh. And that's what I, again, I'm creating, I created what I want, a place I wanted to go. Right. And we enjoy coming here. And it's been great because my, my youngest son, who's now 15, is really passionate about cooking and, and the restaurant. And during the pandemic, this summer especially, he didn't have to go to school for the most part. So he was here almost every day. He knows his business more than I do now. And he's a gem, by the way. He's very he's polite. Great. He's a wonderful young man. He yeah. it came, you know, he, not that he was shy, but a restaurant, if you work in a restaurant, it makes you come out of your show. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. he really is social and greets people and, and serves them and, and he dishwashes and he mops the floor. He does everything. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, he's really good. And... So as we and listeners, that's trivia night going on downstairs. So if you hear a little background noise, maybe shout out the answer. (laughs) Yeah, we actually are allowing background noise because we are we are at Chris's restaurant. You know, we talked about what happened to you, what you did to get out, and and so on. But I want to 
I want to say something because I was entrepreneur. Now I have a real job. I'm what do you say, real that. job? No, no. <laughs> what I was saying, I was an entrepreneur for many years. And it's a tribute to entrepreneurs. Why I admire people who do this is because you are a risk taker, a smart risk taker, and you did things, you know, you did what you wanted to do and created work for people, created opportunities for others, nice buildings for people to work or to have businesses in, and created a restaurant. And what I wanted to say about that is when you do what you want to do, it sounds selfish, and don't hold back, you create wonderful new things for the world, for right. your community, for You're socially for positive. You're, correct. you're giving to society instead That's of taking correct. from society. But the risk you took can hurt you, and they, mm. they did hurt you, and you know, and all that. But you're not stopping, and I loved what you said. Yeah. You said, "I might, I'm, I'm going to step back. I'm right. <laughs> I'm taking, a taking a break." You know, it's kind of like when you, you know, you kind of uh, get wounded, yes. right? Or it's you know, just have like it, that. You, you're in the hospital, you're laying there, but your brain is going, "All right, I'm going to get up. I'm going to be out of here." See, my problem is, I drive. I'm driving down the street and I see a building. Yes, and I'm like, right. oh, you know what? We'll look. You know, look great right there. Right. And that gets me in trouble sometimes, right. like it did here. But, but you, like I said, 14 out of 15 times, it's been successful. And I'm not used to the failure, but again, to have a whole life, to be a whole human being, you need to experience need everything, to right? And, yeah. and, I, yeah. and I definitely, and I've been through tough times. I mean, the financial crisis of 2009, my, my main company, we lost, I lost a half a million dollars. But, yeah. you know, and my answer to before to all my rough patches was put your head down and just work through it, right? Mm -hmm. The harder you work, you'll get through it. Just keep working. This one I couldn't work through, and that's it was the first time I couldn't work through an issue. Um, right. I wonder how much of that just compound, like what you went through this past year, because I think about what everybody went through right. mentally. It was challenging, I think right? I, I think the pandemic definitely had something to do with the mental part of it. it mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I think everybody's struggling a little bit. My kids are, you know, they, they're successful right now, but they definitely struggled. It was a, the pandemic was definitely something. Yeah, it was, you know? it was just something nobody could like, you know, in, I think all of our lives, you have things that every time you probably invest in something or take a risk, you have a certain mental realization that this could not work, right? right? There's a potential for that. And I think you said that, right? You were like, well, if I lose what I invested in this, yeah. I'd be fine. But then you kind of couple that with just the maybe like isolation that was happening in the, 2020 and not be able to control it. I mean, yeah, I didn't control what the rules were or the supply chain or the labor market. I'm not controlling so many things. Usually I can, I'm a controlling person that most entrepreneurs are, you got right. it. Right. And I, so many things are out of my control right. during this two years that, uh, you know, and it still really isn't back for the most part, but I, I think we've become more accustomed to the situation now. Mm -hmm. than we were when this thing started or even a year ago. You know, I think people are figuring out how to how to deal with this a little bit, whether it's working from home or, you know, I have employees that are, hate working from home. And I have the other, most of them, though, are loving it. <laughs> loving yeah. it. So yeah. it doesn't, you know, it's not, there's not one answer at right. all. No. And then we just got to figure it out. We got to figure out how to get through Well, and you've thing. been adapting, right? And Trying. Probably, like, I think even, like, in the restaurant business, one of the biggest, in 2020, everybody was super oh, let's take care of the restaurants. Let's take care of everyone was super generous, Not right? <laughs> but then all of a sudden, you know, 2021 came and all of a sudden people are like, okay, the restaurants are open. Well, where's my food? Where's my food? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. so I think people, it takes people some time too to like 
acclimate to the challenges that the world has, whether mm -hmm. it's supply chain and like how that trickle down effect impacts well, everything. A 60 year old person coming to a restaurant for 58 years, they come to a restaurant and they had expectations and rightfully so, you know, good food, good service, good timing. 58 years have been used to that. It's hard to just switch and say, okay, I got to be more patient now, or I got to understand that the crab cakes aren't on because crab meat is four times more expensive than it used to be. Or your shipment right. didn't come in, and, and so your uh, like that lemoncello flute, yeah. for example. Well, what do you mean you don't have it? Right. You know. I, you know, every, <laughs> you know? <laughs> everyone on social media is like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know support the restaurants and be patient. But then when, when you're you actually have, yeah. in, when, it, when you're sitting there for 40 minutes waiting for your food, not everybody, but some people are mm -hmm. less patient. Well, and then you forget all of a sudden, all of a sudden. the support and everything because you're like, but this sucks. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> it's true. But this sucks, yeah. But then that's a really a really hard place Human for nature. to be yeah. in when you're in the service business. And, you know, as, as much as... I've gotten screamed. I mean, mm -hmm. like people in my face screaming at me because their food took 45 minutes to come out and just calling me all kinds of names and walking out on their bill and... and and I just stand there, and that's another thing about this business. I'm not used to the, a public business. Right. This is a public business where you have to bite your tongue. I'm, I'm used to coming back at people, but in this <laughs> well, business, you can't. Your other businesses are business to business. I'm a business person, you're a business yes. person, and we're doing business. So you could tell me to drop yes. dead and go to hell, right. you know, or yeah. whatever, or, you know, yeah. but it's, you know, when but a family is coming in. But people also operate a little bit different in a business to business setting, they right? Do. Everybody they do. kind of has their best behavior on when they're representing a company. Mm -hmm. I won't say everybody, well, most people. Most are professional. I mean, yeah. you know, we're, we're operating a business. But now or, you start yeah. talking about people hungry, yeah. all bets are off. Oh, I know. <laughs> all sex of life. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, 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 um, yeah, it's been a, it's been education. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm a little overweight, but, you know, I, I need that food in 30 minutes or okay. it's going to start eating into this and I can't have that. Gotten, you could what, afford to wait. Uh, I, <laughs> I the best part, though, and I've had other businesses that have called it a roller coaster and coming out of a bad, you know, my mom's always so, she always says, you know, I'm so proud of not your successes, but how you how you came out of your failures, you know, out of the rough oh, yeah, patches. That's why we're here. Yeah. See? I yeah. mean, that's what, you know, getting through the tough periods and, and you know, being perseverant you know and just whether you succeed on the other side or not just sticking with it and trying to get there is uh is something to be proud of and that's you know that's what i try to instill in my kids just i always tell them just work through things again it doesn't always work out just mm -hmm. putting hard work in but mm, nine times out of ten it does yeah. i think it's also great... really really cool how transparent you are with the challenges because so often and i think that's really why we wanted to do this series on resilience so often people suppress that. Mm -hmm. People don't talk about their bad days. They talk about their good days. You mm -hmm. know, in our last episode, we were talking a little bit about, you know, you look at somebody's Instagram feed and it's like rainbows and butterflies. Everything's perfect. But nobody shares. Like, I think it's really with, with all the success that you've had and continue, will continue to have, it's really good for other people to hear everybody, yeah. everybody struggles. If you haven't, you haven't yet, and you may, and and but you will. You will, and so yeah. listen to other people that have been there, so that you recognize when you're having those horrible months where you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, or you feel like it's over for you. There will be a day that you wake up and have clarity, and can finally see that things are going to be okay right you just need to give it time and not give up yeah i feel like time is, is, is always on your side too i mean I, mm -hmm. it, when i'm in a bad spot usually and what goes through my mind is keep working and and time will heal like time will help you you know mm -hmm. it, it'll either be more clear what i should do 
or just time will fix the situation with some hard work. And that's how it's always been. I mean, I, I feel like sometimes patience is what you need to be. Like, trying to make, you know, do I make the decision to sell or buy or do this or that? Sometimes just doing nothing. I mean, this goes against what a lot of people say, but I think sometimes not making a decision right away and seeing how things play out a little bit, giving a little more time until the point where you have to make a decision. But uh, that's always that's, been favorable for me. That's and that's what I love about this series. And I'm just going to tell you that in the episode last week uh, or two weeks ago with Sam, mm-hmm. the gentleman who got hit by the car, mm-hmm. he said, sometimes you just stop, ground yourself, put your feet on the ground. Like, don't try yeah. to move. Like, when you're okay. in the depth, don't try to get out of it. Don't just, try. Just just see what's going on. Just yeah. see, if, see if something yes. makes itself more obvious to you. Correct. Yeah. And that's and a, the same. restaurant's the same thing. Like, you know, whether we're doing have a good week or a bad week, I think the long term, I think we're going to be great. We have a, the good demographics across the street. To yeah, absolutely. Spell, yeah. We're finally putting together, you know, good product, good service. We had a rough spell during the pandemic, but mm-hmm. but we're getting to where we need to be again. So I can't look at week to week and say, oh my God, I got to sell this place because I lost $5,000 last week. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't go through that. You know, you try to reevaluate, you reevaluate and see if you can tweak things a little bit um, and avoid those bad weeks and build and build and build. But long term, I have high hopes and right. we're moving in the right direction. I get, you got to right. put the right people. You've got my new manager. Yeah. He's amazing. He's, yeah, very good. You know, just putting the right people in the right spots. Yeah, excellent. Well, this was <laughs> wonderful. This yeah. was absolutely wonderful. So as we wrap up, Chris, what's next for you? I have two. I have a daughter in a freshman in college and two boys, freshman and sophomore in high school. I am going to focus on the restaurant and my existing businesses until they all graduate or my youngest son, freshman, graduates from high school. And then I'm going to jump back into the, uh, the world of entrepreneurship. There you go. <laughs> Very nice. I love it. So, and yeah. if people wanted to engage with you, well, first of all, Come on down to the Oakley Kitchen and Cocktails in Nutley, New Jersey. Love it. A drink is on Joe Graziano. <laughs> <laughs> There's an open tab. And every time I walk in, he goes, uh, Joe, before you have dinner, you're already uh, $942 in. <laughs> Just want to tell you. So we'll, we're going we're gonna to pay for dinner tonight. <laughs> for every listener that comes in and says you heard about it on Morning Coffee and Mimosas, Joe Graziano will pay for a drink. <laughs> I like that. Wow. All right, so we'll have another. I'll be on the resilience <laughs> series when I'm bankrupt. For... <laughs> It'll be a good thing, though. I mean, we have a lot of listeners. Yeah, how'd you get bankrupt? My daughter drove me into bankruptcy. <laughs> but thank you so much, Chris. This has been a real, really fun. Um, it's really awesome to just see how you like your whole experience and and to see you at the other side of that challenge and uh, thriving here again. And I love yeah. seeing a great father-daughter duo because I got it. I got three daughters, so. I, I like the, the Oh, wow, dynamics. you can have a lot of podcasts. I'm trying. To, yeah. <laughs> I want to try to build this right here. What a yeah. great relationship. Oh, it's great. No, it's, uh, well, your I'm daughters, blessed. you have a 15-year-old, you said? 18. 18. Uh, your 10. son is 15. My son is 15 and, and almost 16. And so two sons. And then I got the uh, 10-year-old daughter and a 10-month-old daughter. Okay. So your 10-year-old daughter, your 18-year-old daughter, you're probably already through any of the rough spots if they, if they were... Wait, mostly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mostly. We wouldn't have been doing this podcast um, <laughs> during that season of my life. <laughs> so there's a lot of hope ahead. <laughs> yeah. I'm bald because of her. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this was great. Thanks so much, everybody. And if you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, share with a friend. And like we said, come down to Oakley Kitchen and Cocktails. Mm-hmm. Drinks on Joe. Thanks, there you guys. go. Wherever you are, whatever your story, 
Thanks for spending time with us this morning. Now, go and make a difference in your world. This is where she makes fun of me with the I picked on you a little too much during this this episode. I'm gonna yeah. go easy on you for right now. <laughs> I'm gonna take a knife to some of these parts. <laughs> uh oh. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening.